Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live from the Toolkit Depot studios at Optus Stadium. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Yes, a very good evening. Welcome to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Great to have your company on what's been a, a pretty warm day, hasn't it? We're here for the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. You can join us anytime on the Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Bedshed are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. The test match today, day two, done and dusted. Again, bad light and rain intervened. Uh, Usman Khawaja remains 195 not out. The Aussies are four for 475. As we know, Steve Smith, 104 he made today before he was caught and bowled by Maharaj. And at the same time, he overcame a long-standing Australian statistic. In fact, he's beaten Donald Bradman. I'll come back to that in just a moment. But two days down, four for 475. Again, two rain-reduced days, and it was all about Usman Khawaja, who couldn't get to his double century tonight, but hopefully we'll get it nice and early tomorrow. And a few of uh, the expert seasoned cricket commentators have made comment about the light situation. We'll hear from Alan Border very shortly uh, about that and why now with modern technology, why we can't continue playing and with a bad light, with the lights are available at the venues, uh, maybe should be scrubbed and we can still play even though it may be under lights. But anyway, Alan Border will have his say and you'll hear from him very shortly. But let's uh, continue with cricket because joining us, and I appreciate his time, is the WA Cricket Coach. Last night we were there broadcasting the match between the Scorchers and the Sydney Thunder. And it just came to light watching the Sydney Thunder last night on how in some ways unpredictable the BBL can be. Just a few weeks ago, everybody was aghast at the Sydney Thunder being dismissed for 15-1-5. And here they were last night, and for me, they were a very powerful unit, both with bat and ball. And the Perth Scorchers became unstuck last night, losing by six wickets with three overs to spare. Adam Voges joins us on the program. Adam, thanks for your time. Uh, g'day, Peter. How are you? Yeah, I appreciate your time. Happy New Year, Adam. It's been a good uh, Perth Scorchers campaign, 5-1 and one going into the game last night. But you came, as I mentioned, unstuck. The Sydney Thunder showed that they are a pretty handy outfit. Yeah, we, we weren't at our best last night, I think. Certainly didn't get the first 10 overs of our batting innings right. Uh, I don't think we're going to win too many games when you're four for 47 at the 10 over mark. And uh, I thought the way 
Ashton Turner resurrected the innings and and got us up to 142, which was still subpar, but at least a competitive total to bowl to. But um, yeah, we we didn't start well, and and we were sort of chasing our tail for most of the evening. Why didn't you start well? Was the wicket a trifle bit more difficult to play than the previous two or three here at uh, the Perth Stadium? Uh, yeah, I think uh, each one of the wickets that we've had so far have, have just been a little bit different in, in their pace and their bounce. And so there's certainly been an adjustment period that most teams have had to make and uh, we just didn't get it right last night. I, I don't think we had the intent that we needed to have. I think we only hit two boundaries in those first 10 overs and lost wickets. Credit to the Thunder, they bowled and fielded in particular very, very well and put us under pressure. But um we, uh, it's, a, it's a nice reminder for us and, and the competition that you, you need to be at your best, otherwise um, you're not going to win games of cricket. So we, we need to bounce back from that. Yes, and the next assignment against the Brisbane Heat here at uh, the Perth Stadium, Optus Stadium on Saturday night. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the big, more pressing issue is the evolution of the Perth Scorchers team. Uh, Faf Duplessis played his final game last night. Unfortunately, he couldn't go on with it. Uh, of course, Adam Leith will play his final game on Saturday. So all of a sudden, the opening combination comes Saturday will be no more. So there needs to be some replacements. Will Cam Bancroft go to open the innings? And what options do you have? Yeah, that's right. And we sort of always knew that this was going to be the case with uh, T20 competitions starting up in, in South Africa and uh, and in the UAE. A lot of the teams are going to get hit at this time of the season with a number of internationals leaving the tournament. And I guess teams went in uh, eyes wide open to that, that situation and, and have done uh, planning to, to be able to cater for that. I guess what we probably didn't cater for was Cameron Green breaking a finger and Mitch Marsh not being available for the full tournament. And so... Uh, we've had to make adjustments on the run a little bit. Um, we still have cover in the batting. Uh, we signed Steve Eskenazi as, a, as an overseas replacement player, so he'll come into the mix for the game on Saturday. Young Cooper Connolly, who's been on our list for, for nearly two years now, who's an exciting young West Australian uh, all-round, uh, batting all-rounder, uh, will come into calculation as well. And Cameron Bancroft, as, as you mentioned, who, um, who played really nicely the other day in Melbourne, um, has the opportunity to potentially go at the top of the order as well. So um, it, it's something that we've known has been coming for a little while and, and we've planned as best we could, but um, we've had we've been also hit by probably some extra injuries that we, uh, we weren't expecting. And we'll come to those injuries in a moment because that's certainly pressing. Tell us about Stephen Eskenazi. Now, Mitch Marshall was part of our commentary team uh, last night and was a big rap for this player who has dual citizenship, I believe, uh, English and Australian, plays a bit of cricket at Claremont Netherlands and represented WA at junior level. Tell us a little bit more about him if he's going to play against the Brisbane Heat on Saturday. Yeah, well, we call him an overseas player, but he's he's very much feels like he's a local. He's, he's grown up in Perth and, and played a lot of cricket locally for Claremont Netherlands, as you mentioned, and uh, now play, plies his trade over uh, in the UK and plays for Middlesex where... He was in the leading, uh, one of the leading run scorers in, in the T20 Blast in their local domestic competition last season. So he's a right-handed top-order player who um, is just a nice, elegant-looking player. I think he'll suit the conditions at, at Optus Stadium in particular. We'll be able to use the, the pace and the bounce of the wicket um, to his advantage. And I'm um, looking forward to, to, to seeing what he can produce for us. He's, mm. 
he's an experienced cricketer now. He's been around for for a number of years in the in the English circuit, and um, he's going to get his opportunity at the back end of this summer, which is great for him. What about Hamish McKenzie, the leg spinner, with Ashton Agar now on national duties? Is he being considered? Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, we we uh, we certainly considered Hamish for the game over in uh, in Melbourne at, at Marvel Stadium, and. Uh, again the other night we're just trying to find the balance right with with us missing all of our all-rounders I I looked over to the bench the other night and saw Cameron Green Mitch Marsh and Aaron Hardy all talking to each other and thought I could do with at least one of you um, with Ashton Agar away as well in the test match and and not getting him back until uh, we we go on the road um, next week just trying to find that balance in the team is is what we're we're trying to do at the moment. Uh, whether we go with five bowlers or whether we um, strengthen our batting and and find a way to um, get some overs out, some part time overs. But Hamish has certainly been in the discussions, and I think for the first time we'll sit down as a selection group tomorrow for the game Saturday night, and um, there'll be a number of discussions around a number of the positions that we, we need to try and get right for that game. It's interesting. I made this comment last night in commentary with Mitch Marsh and, and Brad Hogg, who were joining me uh, last night, that Ashton Agar, of course, he wasn't there last night, made such a difference. He's an outstanding fieldsman, can hit a mean ball, and, of course, he's so effective in T20 cricket. You missed him last night, I thought. Yeah, uh, we missed him in Melbourne as well. He, he's one of those players that, you almost have to try and find three players to replace him. Um, it's such as the contribution that he does make and, and the balance that he does give our side. So, yeah, we're certainly missing him at the moment. We're, we're all wrapped that he's he's uh, got a baggy green back on his head and, and playing test cricket. But uh, we'll welcome him back when uh, when we head to Brisbane uh, next week. But, um, yeah, trying to replace him has is, is proved difficult today. Yeah. Let's talk about the injuries. It was uh, sort of heart uh, in your mouth, stuff when we saw Jai Richardson uh, not able to complete his fourth over, and Ashton Turner had to bowl out the final two deliveries of that fourth over, and he simply walked off uh, Optus Stadium. Where's he at? Yeah, he'll, he he's going in for a scan uh, later this evening, and uh, we'll we'll get the extent of of how that hamstring looks. Uh, he walked off okay. Um, he, he said he felt okay, but there was definitely some tightness there. So. Uh, we'll wait to see what the scan shows us. Um, unfortunately, it's the same hamstring that he did injure um, oh, uh, six, 12 months ago. So um, we may need to take the cautious route. But again, we'll just wait and see uh, what the scan shows us and um, and how long Jai's potentially out for. Because he did walk off, as you mentioned. So it was a case of him saying, no, I just don't feel 100%. Uh, he was a bit maybe over-cautious or cautious being the word that he just didn't want to make it any worse? I think it's just a smart move uh, at that time of the game and understanding his body and, and understanding that if he tries to push through and do further damage, then um, he, he could be spending a significant amount of time on the on the sideline. So mm-hmm. he certainly did the right thing by pulling up and, and not finishing the over. And uh, hopefully the scans will, will give us some good news and, and we won't be missing Jai for too long. What about Aaron Hardy, who, of course, uh, was replaced before the match last night? Mitch Maher suggested it may be a bit of a quad injury, and we saw Matt Kelly come in. Was that, again, precautionary? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, there's just a little niggle there in Aaron's quad, and um, we we did certainly go the cautious route with him, um, just knowing that if we gave him a game and potentially two games just to make sure we get that right, then... Uh, we don't we don't risk further damage, but um, 
he's pulled up pretty well, um, and, and he'll certainly go. We'll put him through his, his paces tomorrow at training to to assess his availability for, for Saturday's game against the Heat. But uh, it's a very minor one, and, and I fully expect to see Aaron back sooner rather than later. So, Adam, a couple of final questions. It could be a completely, in some ways, different-looking Perth Scorchers lineup uh, on Saturday against the Heat, particularly if you take the cautious route with Richardson and Hardy. And we know that Faf Duplessis has gone. There's no Ashton Agar there at the moment. Uh, it, there could be a few new faces, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I believe uh, Lance Morris is is going to be on his way back from the from Sydney and potentially available for us. Uh, David Payne, the left arm seamer that we've brought in from from England, is is here now and, and available as well. So they give us some bowling options and then the, the batting options, as we've discussed, um, with with potentially Eskenazi, uh, Cooper Connolly, and and even Hamish McKenzie potentially. Um, coming into the mix as well, so I think it will. It'll certainly be a different looking team to the, the effort we put out the other night. And um, again, knowing that we were going to rely a lot on our local players at the back end of the tournament, so excited to see them get their opportunity. Um, and yeah, we need to bounce back because uh, we certainly weren't at our best last mm. night. Good on you, Adam. I appreciate your time very much indeed. Doing an outstanding job down there. It's a good setup down at the West Australian Cricket Association. Of course, uh, it was a pride night last night, and uh, certainly everybody in brace that uh, very well as well. Thanks for your time. Uh, good luck uh, for the game on Saturday and we'll keep in cut touch here on Sports Day. No worries. Thanks, Peter. Okay. Adam Voges joining us here on the, the program. So there you go. That brings you up to date with the Perth Scorchers. Certainly not at their best and let's hope they return to somewhere near their best against the Brisbane Heat who are sitting towards the lower end of the BBL ladder. So just repeating at the test match score before we take a break, that Usman Kawaja followed on from his twin centuries in last year's SCG test. Another stunning ton today to join an exclusive club as only the second Australian after Dougie Walters, would you believe, to score three consecutive centuries at the ground. He and Steve Smith added 209 for the third wicket with Steve Smith passing Sir Donald Bradman's mark of 29 test centuries. He made 104, Steve Smith. And for the second day running, Australia's dominated the on-field actions, but rain as we said earlier, had the final say. And after forcing the players from the field, with Usman Khawaja just five runs shy of a maiden double century, Australia firmly on top, four for 475 after two rain-reduced days. And this is what Alan Border said about the light situation. The current light rule is, um, is too soft. We come off too easily. And Jared Waitley actually made a comment. He broadcast the match for SEN Cricket. This is what uh, Waitley had to say about the light situation. Yeah, too much play was lost yesterday. Um, I think any uh, the common sense tag is is fair enough. Is thirty two thousand people are there? It's a showpiece event. The rain delays are one thing, but uh, they were all all umpires and players were too precious with the light. Now, that's easy to say when you are sitting on the outside, but they went off prematurely in the middle of the first session, and then that set the bar too low. And then it was it was almost a bad joke at one stage when the rain had finished, the game had been prepared, the patrons had been told play was about to resume, and they walked out with the light meter and uh, and declined to start. Uh, and it, there is... Um, 
there are there are moments of uh, it's almost illogical that at a ground that has such a storied lighting as the SCG that you would be off at two in the afternoon with light. Now, Simon's uh, lived the experience and there is a little bit of a pushback this morning from those set of former players, which they, they lined up behind Steve Waugh, who was in the crowd. So he had a, a good read on the unrest that was happening in the stands. Alan Border, Mark Waugh is they weren't advocates of continuing to play through poor light when they were playing, but Steve's suggestion that you have to move with the times feels right. So to be there yesterday, it was uh, it was unsatisfactory for the, for the occasion that so much play was lost. Mm. There you go, Jared Whateley uh, making his call on the, the light situation that's plagued the third and final test between Australia and South Africa over the last couple of days. As we go to the break... Let's uh, have a listen to Steve Smith passing Sir Donald Bradman's mark of 29 test centuries. He remained and made 104 before he was caught and bowled by Maharaj. Uh, Steve Smith surpassing Sir Donald Bradman. Takes his guard. Ball's made its way around the field to Unrek Nokia. It's a good battle within the over. Nothing given by this South African quick. He bowls and Smith will get him now. He pulls his hundred through backwards square. It reaches the rope before. Magnifies the celebration. Helmet off, bat raised. A 30th test century for Steve Smith. And it's loaded with milestones. It improves his record against South Africa, which is something he desperately wanted. His second test ton against this rival. And it moves him outright fourth on the run scoring list for Australia. Behind only the greats who reached 10,000. And it puts him alongside Matthew Hayden for test centuries. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. And of course, you can join us any time on the Temperate Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. And the hot topic we touched on just before the break, thanks to Repco for expert car service, book into your local Repco authorised service centre, is the uh, antiquated bad light ruling at test matches these days, as you heard explained from Alan Border and Jared Whateley. Love to get your thoughts on that. Uh, that's the hot topic, and whether now with technology the light should kick in and all, almost become a night match if a bad light, the natural light, is too bad. Flick on the switch and let them play in artificial light, and at least, at least we get more cricket than we've had at the SCG over the last two days. All right, let's move on and get our Racing Queensland preview. Of course, the Queensland Summer Racing Carnival takes centre stage again this week, and you can find out more by visiting racingqueensland.com.au or simply listening 
to Queensland's form analyst in Chris Nelson, who joins us on Sports Day now. Chris, how are you going? And compliments of the season to you. Yeah, same to you, Peter, and uh, and to all the uh, the listeners. Hope they had a great Christmas and uh, wish everyone a happy New Year. And yeah, it's great to be chatting to you. Yeah, and it's also a busy time in uh, with racing in Queensland. What's happening actually this week? Well, we've got uh, a couple of big Saturdays coming up at the Gold Coast. The uh, the Magic Millions Carnival for this year kicks off this coming Saturday. We have the running of the Wave. Uh, that's the feature race of the day, but there's a, a really good support card as well. We've got a couple of uh, rich class fours. We've got a rich maiden worth about $240,000, which is good money for a maiden. And uh, the final lead-up races, a couple of two-year-old races, as we head into next week's Magic Millions two-year-old classic. So... It all gets underway Saturday at the Gold Coast. Then next week becomes a massive social scene and yearling sales and everything seems to happen on the Gold Coast. So it's the place to be. Yeah, I've heard about the, the yearling sales on the Gold Coast. Uh, it is quite significant, isn't it? Is, it? is it the biggest one every year in the country? Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the, the prices just seem to get higher and higher. It just amazes me. Everyone... We read in the papers and we hear on the news that no one's got any money, but uh, it doesn't seem to stop these horses going for, for big amounts at the uh, the yearling sales every year. And yeah, the the, the dollar amounts just get higher and higher. And look, it's just a it's a very good spot uh, this time of year, holiday season, Gold Coast. Everyone loves to get up and enjoy the warm weather uh, and the holiday atmosphere. So it's timed perfectly. It's in the right spot and really does seem yeah. to work. It's a great week. And they come from everywhere. And, of course, as you mentioned, uh, they certainly outlay some significant money to get to what they perceive to be the best horse flesh in the land. What about your thoughts and maybe a tip or two for the weekend? Well, I'm not sure what this weather's going to do, Peter. We had some rain last night, some storms on the Gold Coast, got 16 mils of rain. So we went to a, a soft six track. And as I look at the uh, the radar now, there's a... A little bit of colour activity uh, around the Gold Coast again. So we'll get some more rain tonight, but then it should clear up uh, Thursday and Friday. So I'd say we'll have some sort of soft track. Uh, I'm going to go with the race five, number nine, Jun Quira, uh, trained by John O'Shea. We're ridden by the uh, the country's best jockey in uh, James McDonald. Good run first up in New South Wales. Looks beautifully placed there on Saturday, race five, number nine. And just one in the feature race, the wave, race eight, if this, uh, this one gets a start, second emergency at the moment, number 15, Thassophile, interesting name, Thassophile, been going really well of late, hasn't had a lot go her way, but she, uh, she likes the wet ground, uh, she handles the, uh, the dry ground, but she just needs a couple of scratchings in the race to get a start. Good on you, Chris. Thanks for joining us here on Sports Day. Uh, enjoy the weekend and we'll keep in touch. Uh, enjoy what promises to be a couple of big weeks up there. Thanks, Peter. Much appreciated. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this summer. And the Queensland Summer Racing Carnival takes centre stage, as you heard from Chris Nelson again this week. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Let's update what's happened in sport for tyre power. Buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local tyre power store. In cricket, Marcus Stoinis wants to use the inaugural ILT20 League in the United Arab Emirates to get crucial games in a busy year after becoming the centrally contract Australian player to join the new tournament, which crosses over with the Big Bash. And you heard that with Adam Vogius when I was talking to him earlier. We've got the South African T20 League and now the United Arab Emirates T20 League all starting in a matter of days. Now, Stoinis will only make a fleeting appearance in the back end of the UAE tournament 
having pledged to play out the big bash with the Melbourne Stars, who, by the way, are currently bottom of the table and they'll probably won't make the finals again. Now, Stoinis is a member of Australia's victorious T20 World Cup winning team uh, in 2021 and he'll join Chris Lynn as the only other Australian currently signed to the tournament, which begins on uh, January the 13th. By the way, the new league is funded by the Indian Premier League franchise owners. There's a few bucks around and can sign up to nine overseas players on salaries worth up to $650,000 for a four and a half week season. Quite amazing. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has been banned from making his debut for Al Nasser tomorrow uh, by the English Football Association. Al Nasser were hoping to hand the Portuguese star his big debut tomorrow morning our time, having sold out all of their 28,000 seats for the clash. However, he has been told he's suspended due to the punishment dished out by the FA after he slammed an Everton supporter's phone out of his hand. Now, Ronaldo has received a two-game ban and was fined by the FA in November following the incident with the autistic fan at Goodison Park in April and did not feature for the Red Devils again. He was walking down the tunnel, was cautioned by the Merseyside police after he shoved the young boy's phone out of his hand after Everton had beaten United 1-0 at Goodison Park. He did issue an apology a bit later. And 24 hours earlier... As we go to the break, he was unveiled there in the Saudi Arabian League. In Europe, my work, it's done. I, I won everything. I play in the most important clubs in Europe. And for me now, it's a new, new challenge. As you mentioned, in Asia, I'm glad for that uh, Al Nasser gave me this opportunity to, to show and develop not only for the for the football, but also for the generation, the young generation, the women's generation as well, for the young boys. And for me, it's it's a challenge. But in the same way, it's, I feel very very happy and very proud. I can say now I had many opportunities in Europe, many clubs in Brazil, uh, in Australia, US, even in Portugal, many clubs try to, to sign me, but I give the word to this club for the opportunity. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. It's great to have you company on this Thursday. It is Sports Day with Peter Vlas, as you mentioned. All thanks to Kia and the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV is available now from your local Kia dealer. You can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. So those people listening 
on uh, SEN 657. Great to have your company. In the English Premier League this morning, a lot of games during this period, the festive season, before they take a break this weekend because it's the third round of the English FA Cup. It was Southampton nil, Nottingham Forest won, and Nottingham Forest starting to move away now out of the relegation zone where they occupied for the first half of the season anyway. Leeds 2, West Ham 2, both of those sides hovering around the relegation zone. Aston Villa 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, and Crystal Palace at home at Selhurst Park were belted 4-0 by Tottenham Hotspur, and Harry Kane scored the first two goals of that match, five minutes apart, just after half-time, a 4-0 win to Spurs. But it's still Arsenal that leads the way in the EPL, and they've got a handy buffer at the top of the table. After 17 games, they're on 44 points. They lead Manchester City by eight points, even though Man City have a game in hand. Then it's Newcastle on 35, Man United 35, and Tottenham on 33. Uh, So they are the top five spots. And in the relegation zone, Southampton at the foot of the 20-team league on 12, Wolves on 14, Everton have slipped into the relegation zone on 15, Pressure there on Frank Lampard. And just out of the relegation zone on goal difference is West Ham. And there's a few pressure, bit of pressure there on David Moyes, the manager of the Hammers as well. Speaking about football and in particular the A-League, we now focus on the Glory, who have got a huge run of home games coming up. The first one is tomorrow night uh, at 7.30 at Macedonia Park. They take on the Western Sydney Wanderers. Then the following Tuesday, they take on the Brisbane Roar at home. Then the following Saturday, the 14th of January, it's Sydney FC. And then the week after that, they take on the Melbourne Victory before they fly out towards the end of the month in the long-distance derby when they go and travel and play the Wellington Phoenix. But it's four home games in a row, and the glory be keen to muster up as many points as possible. Joining us is one of the young guns of the Perth Glory, one of the defenders who's uh, really making a name for himself now is Jacob Muir, and Jacob joins us on the program. Thanks for your time, Jacob. No worries, Peter. Thanks for having me. I was just saying the next month is so important. In fact, less than a month, the next couple of weeks with four games coming up at home, it's so important to try and get a few points. Yeah, I mean, um, we look forward to it. Um, The game's really close together, you know, um, teams have to come to us and verse us at Macedonia Park. So we're looking forward to giving teams a real battle when they come here and making it hard for them and picking up as many points as we can over the next few games. The last home game was a one-all draw against the Wellington Phoenix. You went ahead through David Williams, but they equalised and that's the way it remained for the most part. Firstly, what are your thoughts of uh, the so-called makeshift venue that they've put out there in the suburb of Stirling? Oh, well, I think they've done a, a, a fantastic job um, putting that venue together, you know. Um, playing in it is amazing. The fans are right there. They're right on top of it. I feel they're involved in the game more than they usually are at HBS. So definitely a positive. And it's, it's different for teams to come and play in a venue like that. So I think it gives us a real upper hand. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely been well constructed and we love playing there. How do you see the current setup with the Perth Glory? Goals is always going to be an issue, but also the fact that you, you can't afford to league goals. Mark Beaver, who played at Peterborough, of course, one of the big signings in the off-season in the centre of the fence with Daryl Luckman and, of course, yourself uh, forming the back four. Uh, how are you feeling about 
the defensive unit and how it's coming together? Uh, look, I think every game we continue to grow and we continue to learn and learn a bit about each other. So, you know, every game I feel like we're getting better and it's just about ironing out the little mistakes that we've uh, we've been making. But I think every game uh, we're hard to break down, um, but we need to just keep doing what we're doing, keep the principles that we've been given. Um, and, you know, the sheets will come and then from there we'll start to pick up a lot more points. Mm. I'm going to talk more about uh, Jacob Muir. We're going to find out more about yourself. But uh, when we look at your career, uh, you're one of the new acquisitions to the Perth Glory makeup. But you had a heck of a debut for the Perth Glory A-League side. You can talk to us about that. You got the call up from then coach Richard Garcia to start as a central defender for the Glory in that FFA Cup round of 32 match in Adelaide a season or so ago. Tell us about that experience because it was a heck of a game, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was it was a very um, a very fun game for me to play. In, actually, we went to Adelaide and versus Melbourne Victory in the FFA Cup, um, and we went down in the first. I think it was first couple of minutes. We went down one nil, and then we fought really hard, got a goal back, defended well for the rest of the game, um, and we ended up going all the way to penalties with Melbourne Victory, which at the time was quite a young squad, but. My first um, first ever professional game, um, it was definitely one that I'll always remember. Mm. Having a look at Jacob Muir, you played a lot of your junior football at Maccabi, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, tell us about those days because I think one year you were awarded by uh, Maccabi WA as uh, the, uh, the player of the organisation. In other words, they've got plenty of sports, Maccabi, but uh, you are given the honour of being you know, the top sports person for the club or for the organisation one year? Yeah, I think that was, a, that was a few years ago when I wasn't actually at Maccabi. Um, that was just a, a sportsman award um, for the community. But um, back in the day when I was at Maccabi, which was very, um, at a very young age, I don't remember too much about it, but um, it was always just um, just getting my, foot, my feet in football, really, and just enjoying playing when I was a youngster. Um, and then from there, I went to Subiaco and then to Sorrento and then to Glory. And I've been at Glory for five mm. years now. But Maccabi was um, just when I was young and they gave me that award, um, which was a nice touch a few years ago. Yeah. In fact, it was 2020 when you got that award. I've just checked it up. The Junior Sports Person of the Year, which is uh, terrific. Saying that, uh, you joined the Perth Glory Academy after playing uh, through your teenage years they saw a bit of talent in you. You're still in high school at Carmel School there in Yokine, and reportedly you trained every morning before class. You're pretty keen to get uh, into where you are now. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's true. We trained four times a week in the morning. Um, granted, training was quite early, so we could get to school on time. But um, I always used to like to stay and do a bit extra um, back there because obviously I had that one goal making it as a professional. So, yeah, I, I missed a bit of class, but stayed on top of my schoolwork at the same time. Tell um, us about your always... schoolwork, because there's been a lot of great graduates that have come out of the, the Carmel School that excels when it comes academically. What were you studying? or what If you weren't a footballer, what would you have been studying? Um, well, at the in school, it's just you do your four subjects um, to get your ATAR score, and then... What I would have done if I didn't become a footballer was um, a strength and conditioning coach in football. So I always wanted to be in in and around the sport. Um, 
whether that was playing or coaching in it. But I went to uni. Um, I did a bit of online uni before I got the call up into the A-League team when I was in the youth team for sports science. So um, if if something does happen, I've always got that to fall back on. Fantastic. Saying that with the Perth Glory Academy sides, uh, you went on tours to England, Spain, just to name a couple of uh, major nations. That must have been a heck of an experience. Oh, yeah, it was um, unbelievable. We went to Spain and played Barcelona's academy um, and played with the likes of Xavi Simmons, who was playing with Messi and Neymar at PSG last year. And then we went to England and first Man City and Sunderland and Middlesbrough. So just to experience that and see the quality that is over there, it really gives you an insight into the the level um, of football that is over there. And, you know, it keeps you humble um, and it gives you always something to improve on. Adam Taggart has come back to the glory after, of course, playing overseas and more recently in the Korean League. Uh, reportedly, he's almost ready, maybe another week or so, and he'll be playing up front for the Perth glory. He's going to be a handy acquisition, isn't he? Yeah, of course. Tags is a he's a quality player. Um, just watching him in training at the moment, he certainly knows how to how to find the net. So he will definitely help us. Um, and I'm sure he'll bring a lot of goals and help the team get three points. So you're fairly confident the glory will get better now in the second half of the season. I, I mean, for sure. We we always it's never been a um, a matter of like if we're good enough. We know we are. Um, we know every game that we can win and we go into every game with the mindset that we're going to win. Um, but, you know, every game's a battle in this league and we've got the home advantage now. Teams have to come to us. So it was definitely looking to pick up as many points as we yeah. can and hopefully fly up the ladder. Yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to it tomorrow night. It should be a beauty uh, between the Glory and the Western Sydney Wanderers. And as we leave you, Jacob Muir, your aspirations going forward, still young in age and plenty of experiences in front of you. How far do you want football to take you? Oh, look, uh, as far as I can go. But right now I'm just concentrating on on Glory and and week in, week out, trying to help the team win, just doing what I can. So wherever it takes me, it takes me. But I'll just stay working hard. And, yeah, wherever it goes from there, um, we'll see. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Good luck tomorrow night, and it should be a beauty. 7.30 kickoff there at Macedonia Park in Sterling, Sterling, the glory against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Good luck. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Okay, Jacob Muir, interesting story there, and it's always good to get the uh, the background of uh, some of these uh, young players that now are playing in the elite league here in Australia. And Jacob Muir, just uh, a recent Carmel School graduate, of course, played... Uh, with a number of clubs, went through the Perth Glory Academy and now he's playing with the Glory in the A-League. As we go to the break, there is a BBL match underway in the Hobart Hurricanes. Gee, four for 229 they have finished. Four for 229. And uh, when you look at it, Zach Crawley, not out 54, hit five fours and three sixes off 28 balls, Zach Crawley. Uh, Tim David, the West Aussie who'll be joining the likes of Cameron Green, Jai Richardson, uh, just to name a couple. There's one other that just skips my mind at the Mumbai Indians. Uh, Jason Berendorf hit 39 of 20 balls with two fours and three sixes. So in the end, the Hobart Hurricanes, four for 229. Good luck, the Adelaide Strikers. Oh, Last my. ball of the game, and it's gone up in the Sir Edward Smith, and it's a big one. Absolute maximum from Crawley on the last ball of the game. He gets his half century, 54, 
of 28 deliveries the Hurricanes their highest ever total four for 229 seven seat Kia Sorento Kia's most awarded large SUV ever available now at your nearest Kia dealer Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Yes, Peter Vlahos with you on this Thursday and just uh, reminding you that the Perth Wildcats, after being away and being absent from the RAC Arena due to the United Cup, uh, are back at RAC Arena against the New Zealand Breakers next Tuesday, the 10th of January. Gets underway at 6.30. So uh, get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Pick up your tickets. Head to tickertech.com. .au now. And the weather outlook, thanks to New Farm, Australian through and through. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 32 degrees for your Friday. Winds will be northeasterly. Gee, they've been howling through, uh, particularly during the AM hours, uh, about 80 knots uh, or 80 kilometres up in the hills and somewhere around about 30 to 50 at times uh, on the plateau. But anyway, winds northeasterly tomorrow, 15 to 20 knots, shifting southwestly, 30 to 45 knots. In the morning and then tending southerly in the evening. As I mentioned, a top of 32, it'll dip to 23 in the wee small hours of this morning. So it will be a warm night. The weather outlook for New Farm's products, they're formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm, Australian through and through. By the way, today we got to a maximum of uh, around about 37.6 degrees, and that was recorded at 11 minutes to 5. So it was a very late maximum indeed. Currently in the city, still pretty warm, 36.4 degrees. So the maximum, 37.6 at 11 minutes to 5, just before I came on air with Sports Day. Now, I always love great commentary, being a commentator myself and calling a, a variety of sports Take you back a day or so to the World Dart Championship. An incredible final leg. And Michael Smith produced a phenomenal final leg to win the World Championship final against Michael Van Gerwen. Have a listen to it. that oh brilliant good commentary what about the crowd they're making more noise than 60,000 at Optus Stadium let me tell you that was just quality stuff I uh, hope you enjoyed that from uh, about a day or so ago uh, it was in London uh, of all places gee they love their darts in the UK don't they uh, just repeating if you dismiss the news earlier 
uh, Usman Khawaja is five runs shy of a double century. Scored his 13th test century today. Uh, Australia, after two rain-reduced days, four for 475. Uh, Usman Khawaja will resume tomorrow on 195 not out. He's been there and faced 368 balls, 19 fours, one six. And uh, the other big draw card today was Steve Smith, who made his 30th test century, beating Sir Donald Bradman's 29th before he was out caught and bowled Maharaj. He made 104. Travis Head continued his great summer. He made 70. And uh, the COVID-19 infected test cricketer Matt Renshaw is not out five. So it's Kawajan, 195, Renshaw five. They'll resume tomorrow on day three of the third and final test against South Africa at four for 475. Thanks for joining us on the program. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll be back again on the Ladbrokes Lounge on Saturday morning with Ashley Nelson between 9 and 11, and then back again with Sports Day again on Monday from 5. Thanks to Paul Heath, my producer. Have a tremendous Thursday night. Stay cool, and we'll see you across the weekend. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.